book nine chapter six through ten of of the love of god by saint francis de sales translated by h l sidney lear this librivox recording is in the public domain book nine the love of submission by which our will is united to god's good pleasure chapter six the practice of loving indifference in what concerns god's own service we can only distinguish what is god's good pleasure by such results as are wrought by it and so long as these are not made plain we must be content to abide as steadfastly as may be by what we do know so soon as he vouchsafes to manifest his will it behooves us to accept it with loving submission some one very dear to me or i myself am laid low in sickness and i know not whether it be god's will to send death or recovery but i do know that while the issue is uncertain he has signified his will that all fitting means of cure be employed therefore i am bound diligently to make use of all such but if his pleasure is that sickness prevail and death ensue forthwith my higher mental faculties must freely accept the decree notwithstanding the reluctance which my lower being may experience even so father for so it seemed good in thy sight but if god's good pleasure were revealed to me as was the manner of his death to st peter his bonds and imprisonment to st paul the death of his child to david the destruction of his beloved city to jeremiah in such case our part is immediate union of our will with god's after the example of abraham so that like him we may be ready even to sacrifice our son at god's call happy the father who hesitated not at so great a sacrifice happy the son who so freely submitted to god's will when the cost was his own life yet more see how absolute the union of abraham's will with god's was for just as in obedience to the divine command his hand was raised to slay his son so a fresh manifestation by an angel stayed the blow he being alike ready to strike or not to strike all things were as one to him so long as he fulfilled god's will in like manner god not unfrequently trains us in holy indifference by inspiring us with lofty designs to which he does not grant success and in such case just as we are bound to carry on the work bravely and heartily so long as we are able so we are bound to acquiesce patiently in whatever issue god may appoint st louis was inspired with a design to recover the holy land he was unsuccessful and submitted to his failure surely his calm submission was even grander than his noble plan st francis went to egypt to convert the infidel or die a martyr's death in pursuit of god's will but that will 
was that he should return having accomplished neither one nor the other god willed saint anthony of padua greatly to desire martyrdom which he willed not to grant him saint ignatius after founding his company foreseeing the great work it had done and should do for christ yet had courage to vow that if it should be dispersed great as the trial would be to him he would accept it as god's will st john avila had projected a company for somewhat similar objects but finding that he was forestalled by st ignatius he stopped short at once without hesitation thrice blessed are such souls ready boldly to carry out whatever god inspires and equally ready to withdraw when he sends a check there can be no greater proof of a very perfect indifference than readiness to stop short in a good work when that course is plainly indicated as god's will jonas thought he had good reason to murmur because the prophecy sent by him to Nineveh was not fulfilled. He did God's bidding, and he consulted his own will as well as God's, and consequently, when his prophecy was not carried out, he was angry and complained. If he had had no other thought than God's good pleasure, he would have seen it as gladly in the remission of punishment as in its infliction on Nineveh. We are eager for success in all we do, and forget that God is supreme. If he willed to threaten but not to destroy Nineveh, what right had Jonah to complain? At this rate, you will say, we ought to hold to nothing, but leave everything to the course of events. Scarcely. We are bound to neglect nothing which can promote the success of whatever God bids us undertake but on condition that should our endeavors not be prospered we are patient and submissive we are bidden earnestly to seek god's glory in what is entrusted to us but we are not responsible for the issue which does not depend on us st bernard points out that in the parable of the good samaritan it was said take care of him not heal him and so the apostles diligently preached the word to the jews first albeit they knew prophetically that the soil was ungrateful and that they would have to turn to the gentiles we may indeed plant and water but god only gives the increase the psalmist cries out in the spirit of prophecy to christ good luck have thou with thine honour ride on because of the word of truth of meekness and righteousness thy arrows are very sharp psalm forty five verse five thou lord as a warrior ridest forth wielding the minds of thy faithful they haste to do thy will and when it seemeth thee good thou stayest them in the midst of their course the question may arise if the inspired undertaking fail through fault of those to whom it is entrusted can we still say that it is god's will in which we must acquiesce 
surely it then becomes our fault not his will which is the hindering cause truly thy fault is not god's will he is not the author of sin but it is his will that thy fault be visited by failure for while his goodness cannot will thy fault his justice must needs will its penalty god did not cause david to sin but he inflicted the punishment that sin incurred he did not will saul's sin but he willed that defeat should follow on that sin whensoever then god's designs fail by reason of our fault it is our part alike to abhor our sin in true repentance and to accept the penalty ever remembering that while the sin is contrary to god's will so the penalty is in conformity to that will chapter seven holy indifference as to progress in virtue it is god's will that we should do whatever lies in our power for the acquisition of all christian virtues but we must needs remember that though we may plant and water god only can give the increase and therefore we must leave the fruit of our efforts to his good providence so if we do not make such conscious progress in the spiritual life as we desire there is no need to be disturbed and anxious better far it is to be calm doing diligently all that depends upon ourselves but leaving results to our dear lord the laborer will be called to account for his careful cultivation not for the abundance of his harvest there is no need to be uneasy because we seem always like novices in holiness in the spiritual life every one counts us a novice to the end and all life is a probation there is no surer token that a man is not even a novice but worthy only to be cast out altogether than that he esteems himself to be fully professed for in the rule of that order it is not the mere solemnization but the fulfilment of the vows which makes a full profession and no vow is fulfilled so long as there remains anything to do in its observance but the obligation to serve god and advance in his love continues unceasingly so long as life lasts but someone will say if i know that it is through my own fault that i am kept back how can i help being anxious and disturbed it cannot be too often repeated what we need is a steadfast earnest repentance for past sins but one free from excitement restlessness and discouragement do you realize that you are hindered in the right road by your own fault then humble yourself before god ask his mercy confess your fault and ask his forgiveness as proclaimed to you in absolution through your confessor but having done this be at rest and while abhorring the sin accept the humiliation of your conscious imperfection and turn it to your soul's good 
surely the souls in purgatory abhor their sins most earnestly but they bear the time of waiting and purification before entering into paradise in a loving spirit of humility crying out righteous art thou o lord and true is thy judgment psalm 119 verse 137 be it ours patiently to seek spiritual progress and instead of wasting time in fretting over the past let us strive diligently to do better in future here is a man who has earnestly longed and striven to conquer his temper and god has blessed his endeavours for he has delivered him from the various sins which proceed from indulged temper he would die rather than utter a revengeful word or yield to an impulse of hate yet he is still subject to sundry impulses of anger to the quick wrath of an irritable temperament such as holy scripture deals with in the words be ye angry and sin not for anger must always be liable to stir up the heart where indignation it may be righteous indignation is kindled but then the point is so to control such indignation as to be angry yet without sinning in the utterance of our anger but although these impulses and sensations are in no wise sinful the poor soul which experiences them is apt to be troubled and uneasy because of them and moreover often persuades itself that this uneasiness is god's dealing and chastisement but it is not so the love of god is only wounded by sin and this is the uneasiness of self-love which would fain be free from the humiliation and struggle attending upon such angry impulses it is not really the fault which troubles us in these emotions for there is none it is the effort of resistance which we dislike all such rebellion of the earthly nature whether in anger or desire is permitted to try us that we may the rather exercise our spiritual courage in conquering it it is the philistine against whom the true israelite is ever bound to fight without ever wholly destroying him he may be enfeebled he cannot be extirpated he hates while we live and only dies with us he is to be abhorred for he comes of sin and always tends to sin even as we are taken out of the dust and return again to the dust so the apostle calls this rebellion sin because it comes of sin and tends thither albeit we are not made guilty thereby unless we yield to it his servants ye are to whom ye obey romans chapter six verse sixteen and again he bids us beware that this manner of sin reign not in our mortal body that we obey it in its lusts he does not forbid us to feel the impulses of sin but only to consent thereto he does not bid us hinder sin from attacking us but he bids us beware that it reign not in us consent is the point 
sin cannot reign where it is not consented to the physician does not forbid his patient to be thirsty that were idle folly but he bids him abstain from drinking what is hurtful to his disease saint paul himself was molested by a thorn in the flesh the messenger of satan which buffeted him and he asked deliverance from god whose answer was my grace is sufficient for thee and the apostle goes on to say most gladly therefore will i rather glory in my infirmities that the power of christ may rest upon me 2 corinthians chapter 12 even in this chosen vessel natural rebellion struggled and he could only deal with it as we must deal with ours by prayer remember too that if our lord suffers men to undergo such troubles it is not necessarily as a punishment but to set forth the power of his divine grace and succor and remember also that not only need we not be disturbed because of our temptations and infirmities but we should like saint paul glory in infirmities that god's power may be seen in us upholding us under them the church has condemned the error of certain men who affirmed that it was possible to be absolutely free from the impulses of anger lust fear and the like in this life it is god's will that we should have foes and that we resist them it is our part bravely to accept his will in both respects enduring assault patiently while steadfastly watching and resisting the assailants chapter eight the union of our will with that of god in his sufferance of sin god utterly abhors sin yet in his wisdom he suffers it in order to leave perfect free will to his creatures so that those who are able to offend by not offending may incur his greater favor be it ours to accept and bless the freedom he thus gives us but forasmuch as while suffering sin he abhors it let us strive to abhor it too earnestly entreating that it be not committed and using all available means to hinder its birth progress or triumph even as our dear lord never ceases to teach threaten promise forbid and command us in order to deter us from sin without depriving us of free will or if sin has been actually committed it is our duty to do whatever lies in our power to blot it out remembering how our lord revealed to one of his servants that he would even die anew to save a soul from sin if the sinner persist let us weep and pray for him even as our saviour wept and shed his blood i am horribly afraid david says for the ungodly that forsake thy law psalm 119 verse 53 and saint paul affirms that he had great heaviness and continual sorrow of heart because of the errors of his brethren romans chapter nine verse two 
however persistent sinners may be it is our duty to persist in striving to win them if so be that they may repent and be saved happy they who can say with saint paul i ceased not to warn every one night and day with tears wherefore i take you to record that i am pure from the blood of all men acts chapter twenty verse twenty six so long as the slenderest hope of repentance exists and that is so long as the sinner lives it is our part to pray for him and succor him never repulsing him but at last when all has been done vainly we have the example of our lord and the apostles to teach us how to act it was necessary that the word of god should first have been spoken to you but seeing ye put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life lo we turn to the gentiles acts chapter thirteen verse forty six the kingdom of god our saviour said shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof matthew chapter twenty one verse forty three we may not lose the time that should serve to help others in fruitless mourning over those that will not be saved the apostle indeed speaks of his continual sorrow but he means only that he did not cease to regret the obstinacy of the jews and furthermore we are bound to love worship and praise god in his avenging justice even as in his mercy both alike being his attributes being as he is all good he in his grace wills us to be good in his justice he chastens sin which he abhors as supreme goodness cannot but abhor evil remembering that he never withdraws his mercy save in the righteous vengeance of his justice as we never escape that strict justice save by his mercy and whatever he does demands our submissive acceptance and worship the righteous man praises god for such as are saved and rejoiceth to see his vengeance the saints will accept his condemnation of sinners in the last judgment as well as the blessedness of the elect and the angels beholding all things see that he hath done all things well it is ours to accept the divine will and alike to kiss the right hand of his mercy and his left hand of justice chapter nine how to exercise indifference even in what concerns holy things there was once a famous performer on the lute who became absolutely deaf yet nevertheless from long habit was able still to sing and play upon his instrument but being unable to derive any pleasure from his performance he ceased ever to sing or play save when the prince who had brought him up and whom he greatly loved desired it gladly exercising his art on such occasions now it sometimes chanced that the better to test his love the prince would call upon him to play and then would depart on other concerns 
yet the musician's desire to please his master was so strong that he would go on playing although deriving no enjoyment himself either from the music or from the consciousness that the prince was listening my heart is fixed o god my heart is fixed i will sing and give praise awake up my glory awake lute and harp psalm fifty seven verses eight and nine now the heart of man is the performer of all songs of praise and he is himself the harp or lute for the most part he takes pleasure in his own melody for the loving heart rejoices in the love of god even as the newly fledged nightingales begin to chirp out of mere imitation but as soon as they grow they warble for very delight so the heart begins with a feeble love from duty but gradually realizing what divine love is it takes a fervent delight therein and so by degrees there is a danger lest a man delight more in his own pleasure than in pleasing god lest he seek god less because it is his due than for his own content therein so then the musician raises his melody for his own sake and to please his own ear rather than god's ear for the gratification he derives more than for god's glory chapter ten how to test the reality of this holy love if the songsters sing to please god only he will select that song which he knows to be most acceptable to divine providence but if he sing for his own satisfaction that will be less the aim than the melody which best pleases himself of two duties both alike acceptable to god it may easily happen that we select one for god's sake or the other for our own rachel and leah were alike jacob's wives but he loved the one merely because she had become his wife the other for her own sweet sake the song may be divine but it may be sung for the sake of the spiritual delight we receive thereby take the case of a bishop whose mission it is to exercise his pastoral charge amid his own people the charge first committed to st peter feed my sheep and suppose him to plead that at rome or paris he finds greater spiritual advantages and a more acceptable sphere of work surely he is seeking to exercise his holy office for his own sake not that of god the religious who neglects his own duties for those of a secular priest or the married persons who seek to live as though they were religious in order to serve god better as they say may be assured that it is self they are really seeking to please god disposes of sickness as well as health and if a man says that he desires health only that he may be better able to serve god he deceives himself he is seeking health in the will of god not the will of god in health it is hard to look long at a mirror 
without looking at one's own image reflected therein and that too with satisfaction but there is a wide difference between the pleasure taken in looking at the mirror because it is beautiful or because one likes to see oneself therein so it is doubtless hard to love god without resting in the personal satisfaction of such love but there is a very distinct difference between the satisfaction felt in loving god because of his perfection and because of our own personal delight and the christian should aim as far as possible at loving god for himself and not merely in so far as he ministers to his creature's satisfaction he who is conscious how he is praying is not altogether wrapped in prayer for his attention is distracted from god whom he addresses to the form in which he prays and it not unfrequently happens that our anxiety to avoid distractions becomes itself the worst distraction of all nothing is so important in things spiritual as simplicity when you seek to contemplate god give yourself up so to do if you are perpetually investigating your own mental attitude you contemplate yourself instead of him he who prays fervently is scarce aware of it for he is not thinking about his own prayer but about god to whom he prays so he who loves fervently does not weigh and measure his love but is altogether absorbed in the divine object of his love the spiritual songster is so anxious to please god that he gives no heed to his own melody save in so far as pleases him otherwise so soon as the sweetness of prayer intermits as it is sure to do sooner or later and dryness supervenes he who was so warm will grow slack and cold yet god is no less the object of prayer than before no but that man was seeking his own consolation not the god of consolations these are souls which like children suck the honey off their bread and then throw that away they care far more for the sweetness than the love and readily turn away from god's love when it is not mingled with their own gratification verily such men are exposed to a great risk either of falling away when spiritual sweetness fails them or of mistaking their true bliss and accepting the false for the true end of book nine chapter ten